Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship, or as we like to say, the show that helps you grow. Uh, I'm your co-host, Brandon. It's just going to be me today. There's going to be no Jason, um, but we're going to continue on in our series, our season of listening. If you've been tracking with this, we spoke a little bit about it last, last week, and this week we're going to continue into it with a great conversation. I'm really excited. But just so you know, if you haven't been tracking with us, what we're doing with this season, the idea behind this season is not, we're talking about listening, yes, but it's not just listening for listening sake, or as we like to say, like performative listening. Um, this is listening that we, it drives towards dialogue, to speaking with one another, which then leads to relational growth. So that's what we're going to get at today. And hopefully we can model that um, and really highlight that in today's episode. I'm really excited about today, today's episode because we have a special guest, Sean Hyde. Sean, how are you doing? Good, Brandon. Dude, thank you for having me on. This is this is awesome. I'm excited to engage in the conversation um, and talk a little bit about listening. Um, I'm definitely no listening expert. Um, but yeah, I'm um, grateful to be at Saddleback. Been at Saddleback for quite some time. I'm the the kids pastor here at yep. uh, Lake Forest campus. Um, uh, loving, loving the opportunity to be able to influence and impact kids and their families. And um, uh, super thankful though, to be a part of this conversation today with you um, just to help, help get better at, I think, help maybe others learn from some maybe mistakes and some of my, you know, journey in what it means to, to be a good listener. Yeah. Yeah. And excited to have you on Sean. You were someone when we were putting this together. I thought like, man, we got to We got to get Sean on for those listening. If you don't know, um, Sean is a wealth of wisdom. Sean's spoken to our staff a few different times and it's just been gym after gym after gym. And I thought, man, this guy, he, he's, he's got to get, we got to get him on the podcast to share. So yeah, thank you. Really excited to have you on. Cool. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, we're, we're, we're talking about listening. Um, and there was an instance in our own community. Uh, there was a video that was circling, circulating within our community that caused a lot of confusion. One, it caused a lot of uh, hurt. Um, and it was like a culturally insensitive video, but um, it kind of brought us to, I think, a catalyst moment. Um, we spoke about that a few times on our podcast. We did a series on time where we talked about like a Kairos moment. Um, but I think it sparked something within our staff. It sparked something within uh, our community as a whole, which I think is a good thing, um, which came from this, this video that was circulating around. Um, but Sean, you were an integral part in this. You were a, a, a player uh, in this. And I think you really modeled for our staff in particular, kind of behind closed door, but you, you really modeled for us and our community really well of what the power of listening, where listening can go, right? So we talked a little bit last week about performative listening, which is like how we defined it, how I'm defining it. It's like you want to, you're listening, but you're not really listening. You're just, you're performing the function, you're performing the action to not get canceled. You're like, I don't want any heat on me. So look, look, everyone, I took a picture. I'm doing my stuff. I did the things. Okay, everyone get off my back. 
well, that might be good enough for culture at large, but that's not, there's a better way. There's a much better way, a way that's driven out of a heart for people and God's love in the gospel. And I think that's what we're going to, we want to get at today. And I think you are someone who is there and running in that lane. Um, so just to kind of set us up a little bit, right? So we had this video that was circulating, it caused a lot of confusion, caused a lot of hurt, um, where I think we had some people that were like, hey, like what, guys, calm down, like relax. What's the big deal? I think this is a little overblown for where we're at, right? Um, but then we had others, specifically, particularly within our Asian community who were really hurt who were really offended, who had lots of feelings and were kind of like waving their hands saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta talk about this. Um, and I think there were some misses, but you played, I think you let out in this situation and you reached out to um, Julie Chung. She's not with us today, um, but she is an Asian American woman. She leads uh, in a high level within our church. And you guys had a conversation, but I want to understand like what caused you, what was the catalyst that made you reach out to Julie? Gosh. Um, <clears throat> well, thanks. Thanks for acknowledging the fact that it let out. I didn't feel like I was trying to really lead out in that moment. I was just trying to, <laughs> I, I think for me, you know, to answer that question, Brandon, like, I felt compassion, you know, and I think there's a moment, I think sometimes we can dismiss, we can use our opinions on certain things or maybe our naive naivety. I don't know how to say that. Is that right? Naivety, naivety. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either, but it sounds, it works. Fun word. We're tracking. So, you know, am I being naive? I'm being ignorant, but like, I, I think at that moment it was just like, man, okay. Like I'm not necessarily feeling some of the feelings that I'm hearing about from others, Others are expressing these feelings about, you know, what they saw from this video that it's, it's obviously bringing up a lot of hurt and it wasn't bringing that to me because I didn't recognize it. And so I think from a place of also just like, I don't understand. And so that, I think that was, that was the biggest part for me was I need to, I need to go find, I need to go, I need to better understand from somebody that's feeling the feels right now from, from yeah. all. And so that, that led me to, to reach out to, to Julie and really start the conversation with, with uh, you know, from a place of, hey, listen, I, I see that you're hurt. I see that you're upset. I see that you're frustrated. Um, Julie, I'm not. And I, I need to understand why. Like, what, what is it that, what is it that I'm missing? Because I'm missing something because you're my sister in Christ and you're hurting right now. And yeah. if, if we're part of this body, right? Like we're, we, we're going to, we're going to hurt and we're going to feel together. So help me understand what it is. Um, and that led to an, a, a pretty incredible conversation, a, an emotional conversation at times, uh, a raw conversation, um, but was a beautiful conversation because of what it resulted in uh, for Julie and I, and, and for, for me personally, uh, to have a, you know, I, I learned some stuff, you know, yeah. that I was not aware of that I was just naive to, and maybe even, and I, maybe even, maybe even ignorant to, you know, whether that was by choice or not, I, I, 
I was, and I, I, that was part of, you know, wrestling with what is, am I being naive? Am I being ignorant? Am I just refusing to, you know, acknowledge what's going on? I mean, that's been part of my journey, even from, you know, events uh, over the summer with, um, with in our black community and all the stuff that, that had surfaced with that. I, this, this was, um, this was a moment for me where I acknowledged like, man, there's some things I'm naive about. I need to, Mm. I need to pay attention to. And Julie was able to help me see things from a different perspective and a different angle. And I think think it's what it comes down to is like, I, I've got blind spots. I don't have similar experiences. And so for me to jump in and say, well, you know, your opinion's wrong or your opinion's invalid or your, your feelings are invalid or your opinions are invalid. That's not fair. That's not right. Because I don't, I haven't had the experience. So I'm, I'm talking out of, I am talking out of ignorance. I am talking out of, um, um, well, I'm, I'm talking out of ignorance. Well, there, there's something there that I'm really curious about. Why Julie, right? Because you could have reached out to a lot of different people. And I think, the place that you're describing, we all have blind spots, right? We all have, we all, we all come from specific cultures. We have distinct and unique experiences growing up. Um, our parents who raise us have unique and distinct experiences and that all funnels into us, which gives us like a location, so to speak. We're coming from somewhere. Um, and I think a lot of times we get in these moments, we get in these situations and we go, well, I don't know, like you're saying, like, I'm not feeling this in the same way my brother is, or my sister is. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Um, But what is it, what was it about Julie that you said, okay, I can, I can reach out to her and be honest and say, look, I don't really get it. Can you, can you help me understand what you're feeling? Can you, can you help get me there? Um, was there anything unique or specific about Julie or what was that like? Hmm. It's a great question. I, I don't know if I've really ever, I don't know if I've given thought to that, to be honest with you. I, I we think asked the hard questions on Google. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Julie is a sister that is, is willing to lean into hard things. And I think is also willing to, um, speak up and talk about hard things. Um, and, you know, knowing that about Julie, I felt like I was going to be able to get a very authentic, real answer. If, if, if I was going to make a choice here to like, Hey, Julie, I'm going to get raw and vulnerable and real with you. I, I, I'm trusting and believing that you're going to do that same thing with me too, because I think it's at that place. I mean, cause you can have one person that's going to be super real, authentic, um, honest. Um, if you don't have the other person that's willing to do that, I don't think you're going to really make any progress towards anything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, so, absolutely. Hey, that's a good point. Yeah. Two to tango, you know, yeah. <laughs> marriage, you're talking about relationships. It, it takes two people that are willing to be authentic, real and honest and also vulnerable, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I knew that about Julie and just interactions with Julie. And, you know, we're, we, we work together. We meet regularly together with, um, uh, as part of our, our team meetings. Um, and so, and because she was, she was deeply and directly impacted 
by by that experience. Yeah. I think the big part of that, Brandon, was just knowing that, you know, Julie's going to be, Julie's going to give me a straight answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's painful, you know, even if yeah. I get kind of slapped around a little bit, like it's okay. It's it, the, the end result for me is knowing that I'm, I'm going to get better because of the conversation and because of the authenticity, because of the honesty. Yeah. That's, that's so good. And I think what's there as well, like you, you named it so well, you know, is this person going to be honest with me? Right. Like I'm going to, bring my honesty. I'm going to bring my vulnerability. I'll be transparent, but will you be transparent with me as well? And that's the, that's so important for the dialogue piece, for the conversation piece that, like you said, it takes two to tangle, but I think there's also something there that we have to have. There has to be like a bond of love, you know, there, you know, to, to step out, it's almost like you're on two sides of the same plank. Um, to step out onto that, that there, there needs to be like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm going to bring my real self here, like, we're going to be good at the end of this, right? Like, are we going to be okay? Like, do you, will you still love me at the end? That, that goes across. I think it's the question we ask ourselves really in any relationship, in any type of, um, even as kids, right? I can remember like riding the bus as a kid, like, even in small interactions like that, you start to form like, I don't know if I can be honest here because if I'm honest, what if they don't, what if they won't love me anymore? What if they won't like me anymore? What if they won't reciprocate back to me what I'm giving or what if I'm not accepted? And I think with you and Julie in particular, what's so important is like the foundation of the conversation was there because at the end of it, you could say like, Hey, I'm still your brother in Christ. I'm still your sister in Christ. We're still going to lock arms together. Um, but that's the special, like, that's the special sauce, sauce. Like, that's the good soil where you can have, goodness can come from it, where you can have real in-depth conversations and be honest and say, like, I, I don't really know. I don't really get it. I don't, I don't really understand. Um, and not be, like, berated for it and not be in or quote unquote, like outed for it. Like Sean, man, let me tell you about Sean. Sean's that type of dude. Sean's this Sean, like that's, that's really important, but I'm curious to know as well in that conversation, what was it like? Was it, was there times where it was like contentious? Was there an ease to the conversation? Was there misses in the conversation? Because I think that's the low grade anxiety that's around us as we, maybe we want to talk about things or maybe we want to listen or want to enter into dialogue with somebody else, but there's that angst, the anxiety that goes, well, well it's gonna be hard. And can a relationship stand it? Is there, what's it going to, it's the fear of the unknown. So like, what was it like within the conversation? Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> it's always the lead up to Right. Cause you get in your own head, you know, I, I, if, if, I don't know if you grew up playing sports or, you know, right before the yeah. game, you, you get out, it's always the anticipation of getting out of the field, getting on the field or getting on the court or getting on the track or whatever, whatever the competition space is. It's always the buildup and anticipation and the anxiety that comes around, man, okay, am I going to show up? I'm going to make the play. It's that same thing with this conversation because you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know what's you, you're thinking. Here's the direction I want this to go in. I hope it goes in, but I don't know really. Yeah. Um, so there's some anxiety that's always on you know that pre-conversation, and I think 
sometimes your worst fears can be confirmed in a tough conversation. You know, you come into it like, Oh man, that was not how I wanted it to go. (laughs) No. Um, you know, this, what was helpful in this conversation was one is I, I, Julie's a friend. I, I, I love her as a, as a sister in Christ and I respect her. And I think that that's, you know, reciprocated, um, you know, by Julie. So there was a level of comfort knowing like, okay, listen, I can, I can ask a hard question. And I, even in, if I'm, even if I say something that like, Oh, I misspoke or misstepped somehow. I know that she's going to show grace and that's a big piece. And that is grace. And so um, I, I've definitely engaged in and leaned into some tough conversations and it was not pretty. I think I felt worse after the conversation than I did (laughs) the conversation and some of the tough ones, but this was, this was a special conversation. It was unique. And I think I'm going to always carry it with me. Because it was just there, there was there was a, there was rawness, there was real realness in the conversation. Um, there's authenticity, um, but there's grace. There's there's yeah. grace shown, and hey, it's it's okay that you don't know that. Let me help you understand. Um, mm-hmm. and so that I think that instantly created a place of like comfort. No, yeah. like, we can talk about this. Like yeah. and, you know, sometimes I, you know I don't. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to play dumb or ignorant, but really it came down to like, I, I really don't understand. And I, 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 I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm not, it's not because I'm a bad person. It's just because I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that helped, but I, I, I think knowing that there is going to be grace amidst the conversation uh, made it feel safer. And I think that's the most important thing, Brandon, in any conversation we have, any tough type of conversation that we lean into. Um, I think there's a couple of things. One, I think if we always approach it with grace, we always, and we show grace, we, um, and we're willing to receive grace, uh, but we're also, um, we're also assuming the best no matter what. Yeah. And I've learned that over time of just being in a, in a, in a role where I'm interacting with, you know, uh, quite a few folks, you know, my team, um, um, those that, um, just people in my community, like when bad stuff happens, you know, towards me, or maybe I, that's said towards me or, um, something happens, I'm going to always assume the best, maybe decisions made about something that's, that was out of my control. I still want to assume the best, no matter what, even yeah. if I don't have any reason to, cause I think that helps me and my own soul. Yeah. Yeah. I think what happens so often is we get these um, um, resentment can grow so mm-hmm. quickly. And it's always those little hooks of resentment that grow in us. It's not the big stuff. It's those little things. And as we allow resentment to grow in our heart, man, it's, that's like, that's just a, a, a playground for the enemy to come and just wreak havoc in our heart and our soul and our mind. And so I think that going into anything, assuming the best, about the situation or about the person helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such an important point. I've, I heard a guy, he gave a talk. It's a, I shared a little bit about with our, in our last episode, but I think it's important. It makes sense here as well. He talked, it sounds funny, but he talked about, uh, he was talking about resentment and how resentment builds. And he, he used the term anger fantasy. Um, 
and it's what he the way he described it's like you know you have those well, I don't want to project onto you there are times like in your head where you're you've got someone that you've built up some resentment with there's something there and you're like you're going at it you're having this argument in your mind with them and it's like you know if they say this and I'm going to come back and I'm going to say this and it's going to be in front of everyone and I'm going to take them down and it's like <laughs> you know Please tell me I'm not the only one that's been there. Okay, <laughs> dude, I, I hear you. You hear him? Okay. You, okay. Sean, Sean's with me. I'm yeah. trusting that there's some head nods somewhere in a car, wherever, wherever you're listening. I know that I can't be the only one not the who's only been one. there. Um, but that, gosh, that robs us of so much. It robs us of, it does something to our soul. Like you're saying, it does something, it, it, it shapes us in a way that's counter to the way of Jesus. It shapes us in a way that um, puts up a barrier in our own heart, in our own mind from entering into these types of conversations um, and this dialogue where, where true goodness can come from it. Like, yes, it could be uncomfortable. It probably, it will be uncomfortable, not probably should, or it, it will be, there will be discomfort, but there's so much goodness that can come from it. And that does come from it. Um, and a lot of that starts with what you're saying, like assuming the best going in, assuming the best of the other person, not assigning intent to someone's uh, motivations or what they did uh, and assuming that they're coming from an honest place and that even in, in an honest place, there can be lots of discomfort. There can be lots of pain. There can be lots of confusion. There can be lots of hurt. Uh, but there's a way out of that pit, so to speak. There's a way out of there. And a lot of it starts with the assuming the best. Yeah. But I would also would love to know, Sean, um, so you had this conversation with Julie. Uh, it, the empathy is the word that comes to mind. Growing in empathy, um, learning, uh, being shaped, being formed. And I was, I've heard the term, like uh, the phrase empathy spills before. How, I'm curious, like how has that changed or has that affect this conversation with Julie in one area, has that spilled into other areas of your life? Like, I know you're a husband. I know you're a father. I know you lead a team. People report to you. Like, how does that affect the rest of your everyday relationships um yeah in, in it empathy does spill i mean you know com compassion spills over and should and and i think this is one this was another you know this conversation with julie i think just helped reinforce like uh the fact that like Jesus calls me to walk in compassion. He, he calls me to be empathetic in every relationship um, that I'm in. I think about how this conversation has shaped me and how, how, how has this conversation helped me be better with, with Julie? Well, I think that it's, it's allowed me to, or it's reinforced the reality that leaning into tougher things is worth it. Um, mm. It, 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 because the end result for me was like, man, I, I'm coming from a place of deeper compassion. And so, so this, the concept that you mentioned of empathy spilling, um, it does, man, when we, when we, um, uh, lean into tough things, 
and um, get out on the other side of that. Maybe maybe beat up a little bit, maybe scathed a little bit. Maybe you you know enter into a tough conversation with your kids or your significant significant other or your spouse. Um, it you know, gosh, I wish I could go back on some of the conversations I've had with my wife Brittany and and made it a little more smooth than it was because plenty <laughs> of moments. Plenty of conversations, intention. If we both both leaned in it, both leaned into tough tough topics and tough tough moments in our relationship. Um, you know, I wish the conversations could have been more smooth, but we were able to um, lean into the conversation and be honest and authentic and vulnerable, knowing that hey, Brittany loves me. Brittany knows that I love her. There's grace. There's compassion. Uh, 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 but. Something like this just reinforces the reality that, man, it is worth leaning into tough conversations because on the other side of that is is you are able to better understand where somebody else is coming from. Does that make sense? So if yeah. I, I like I think the most important of leaning, the most important part of leaning into a tough conversation is is that you're gaining perspective and you're seeing something that maybe you didn't see before. And so asking right. the question of, like, I don't understand. Can you help me see? Like with my wife, Brittany, I don't understand why you're maybe feeling that way. And maybe that doesn't even matter. I don't need to understand, but I need to be available and show up. I don't want to try yeah. to correct your, I don't need to try to correct the pain. Mm. And dude, I, I'm so guilty of that as I, and I yeah. don't know, if it's, you know, I don't know if this is just the stereotype of around guys and maybe it's just me, but like, I, I want to just like fix and I want to control the emotion. Oh, yeah, I think it's not just you. Okay. Well, it's part of, and it's part of my personality makeup too. Cause I mean, you know, I, I would label myself as a recovering pleaser. Right. And so yeah. I, I get I, some part of um, uh, my struggle at times is I just, I, I want to be accepted right? I want to be accepted by, by people. I want to be accepted by, I want to be accepted. And, you know, I need to say the right thing. I need to do the right thing. And even if that's at the, that at the expense of, of doing what, doing the right thing, you know, mm-hmm. of, of speaking truth in love, you know, that's, I'd rather be accepted sometimes, but for me to, um, uh, I lost my train of thought, dude. Maybe we need to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good. This is the good parts of conversation. You know, when I think of empathy spilling, um, the last so the last time we had just the last time we had a conversation like this, we were um, it was this summer. And we went through a series, a season on doable discipleship called Race in the Gospel. Um, And it was, this was like the height of George Floyd, the height of uh, Breonna Taylor this summer, Ahmaud Arbery, like it was like all there. And I felt like, um, well, people were asking me for conversations and I was having, I was expending tons of uh, emotional in, in mental energy. Um, and it was, it was interesting. I don't want to say it was weird, but it was interesting to have like your culture be the thing that everyone's looking at and talking about. And, and almost feeling like the representative representative of that, that culture of black people in my specific context, not as a whole, I'm just in my specific context. So then when we started to see like some of the rise 
of violence against our Asian brothers and sisters in the Asian community, I want to say like my first reaction, my first gut reaction was like, I was full of empathy, full of like, I was the first one to reach out. I was the first one to, but it wasn't. I actually found myself being totally honest. I found myself trying to, um, going like, okay, well, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know what's going on just for context too. I'm from North Carolina. So, and I moved to California, the completely, completely different demographics. Uh, where I'm from in North Carolina, it is very literally black and white. There's not a lot of other uh, people of color or minorities. So then I moved to California and it's like, I'm around more Asian people than I've ever been around in my life. I'm around more Hispanic people than I've ever been in my life. Um, so I was kind of sitting there like, I feel so foreign. I, I feel so, I don't know what to think because I have no um, experience here. I have no, I don't feel like I have any ground to, to stand on. And um, one of my friends who's Asian, I actually reached out to him and apologized and said like, hey man, I'm sorry for not reaching out to you sooner. I'm sorry for not um, letting you know that you're on my radar. And I think with empathy spilling, it's, it's that, it could be that simple. It doesn't have to be these big grand gestures of something, right? Like you in a megaphone somewhere. It could be little things like just letting someone know, I'm thinking about you, you're on my radar. I'm, you're, you, you're, you exist in my, in my world. Uh, it just could be as simple as like shooting a text. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Or just making yourself available. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something there between you and Julie there as well of availability, accessibility of like, well, I can definitely probably hit up Julie about this. And I think to be people of peace, to be people who listen, to be people who, um, like Jesus talks about in John 17, like reconcilers and unified to be these type of people, we have to open ourselves up to say, I'm, I'm ready to listen. I'm willing to listen to you. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm available. I'm accessible. I'll put the ball in your court when you're ready, just so you know, like, I, I would love to talk. I would love to hear you out. Um, it goes, I think it goes both ways in that sense. It goes like what you're describing of moving towards someone and saying, Hey, help me understand this. Yeah. But then there's also a posture of listening that goes, what we're talking about even today a little bit as well is, Hey, I'm, I'm open. I'm accessible. I'm available. The door is open. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. And I think that is so important when we're dealing in this specific realm, when we're dealing here to say, to be people that can be identified as Sean's open. I can talk to Sean. I, would, I, I want someone to say that like Brandon's open. I can talk to Brandon. We can have a real conversation. Uh, we can have a good productive conversation. We can, we can, we can actually grow closer through this conversation. But I think it's important that our communities and that our families and uh, those that we are in contact with know that about us. And are we giving that out? Is that a part of our quote unquote reputation to be people of peace, to be people who are ready to listen and ready to talk and ready to grow? Yeah. Dude, that's good. You know, thinking about people of peace, you know, and I think part of my tendency sometimes is, you know, I want to be a peacekeeper over a peacemaker. And there's there's a big difference between the two. A peacekeeper is going to kind of not lean into the hard stuff. A peacemaker is, and that's what Jesus calls us to, 
yeah. people of the way and as followers of Jesus, he's called us to be peacemakers. And that means leaning into difficult things. It means leaning into difficult relationships or, or different tensions in relationships and saying, hey, listen, um, uh, maybe it was me. I, I'm leaning into this because you know what? You, I, you, you carry tremendous value <laughs> and I, 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 I care deeply about you. I don't want the tension to be here because you're more worth, you're, you're worth it. You're worth leaning into this because I love you, but being a peacemaker between two different groups, maybe that's two different uh, racial groups, or maybe that's two different individuals. Jesus has called us to be a peacemaker, peacemaker. Yeah. And how am I practicing that? How can I carry that out of my day-to-day life? Um, how, how can I teach others that? How can I model that? It, that's, we're called to be models. And you, you mentioned Brandon, John 17 and, um, that, that whole, uh, I mean, it's such a, it's, it's, I, I've been camping out there. I've, I can't, I've spent some time in a season just camping out right there in John 17 and that whole yeah. scene of, you know, multiple scenes of Jesus, his last moments with his disciples before he, he, um, you know, ultimately fulfills his mission of, of, of being arrested and, and crucified. He prays his, his kind of closing, the closing scene that John captures in the gospel is he's praying for the disciples. Yeah. Uh, he's praying for us, the future church. And his prayer was unity. My, my Jesus is saying my, and I, I would love to even just read this from, from the yeah. message. I was, Please go ahead. You were thinking, as you mentioned that turn turned here. Jesus says, he says, I'm praying not only for them, but also in mentioning the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you father are in me and I in you so that they might be one heart and one mind with us. Then the world might believe that you in fact sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I and them and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved me in the same way you've loved me. So that's that's the cry of Jesus's heart is unity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we can't have unity unless we're willing to lean in. It, unity just doesn't happen. Right. Sometimes you got to fight for it. Sometimes you got to, you, you, every time you got to fight for it, you got to work for it because yeah, the enemy's goal is to kill, steal, and destroy and to divide. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how you, that's how you destroy anything. You divide a house and a kingdom and it's going to fall. Yeah. And we, the church, we're supposed to be the best examples and the best models of what it looks like to be of one heart and one mind uh, with the father, mm-hmm. with Jesus. Because when we have that, man, when we're tight and we're unified, though there may be tension, hey, we're going to work through those things. We're going to lean and think, but we have to fight for unity amongst the body of Christ. Because frankly, that's the biggest witness to who Jesus is and what he's about. Yeah, man, that's good. Preach. (laughs) That's that's good. As you were talking, I thought about uh, this work, really. And I think there's an idea that goes, well, if I, I don't want to be divisive or what if I'm accused of being divisive? And I just want to say like, just because something is uncomfortable or there's discomfort, discomfort or uh, can be contentious at times, like 
it, it doesn't mean that it's being divisive. You're being divisive. Like a lot of times the greatest work of unity, the greatest work of reconciliation, real true, like gospel growth, it's coming through hard things. It's coming through hard conversations and hard real life, you know, real life things. And it is, it's uncomfortable. And I would almost venture to say, like, if it's not uncomfortable and that you're, you're probably not doing it, um, you're probably not doing it right at least. Uh, so it's important to not shy away from, or not be alarmed or stunned by, well, this is uncomfortable. This is in, you know, my neighbor said I was being divisive, you know, just because something is uncomfortable does not mean, or brings discomfort does not mean it's divisive. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's good, Sean. Um, well, just even to, just even also just the idea of speaking truth and love. What, okay. What does that mean? To speak? Yeah. Because truth rea- reality is truth is going to be divisive because there's God's truth on, on, on certain things. And in our, in our culture today, there's, there's great divisiveness with that. Right. What does God say about this? Well, here's what God says about it. And I'm just kind of repeating what God says about it, but it's, it's easy to shy away from speaking truth. Um, but the way in which we go about doing that is in, is in love. And that's mm-hmm. where it can be challenging is, is how do we, how do we speak the truth in a, in a way and in a manner and in a tone of love and love sometimes tough is tough, right? Yeah. But there's also a tone in how we do that. And there's a way that we can lean into that. And the reality is it's not going to be perfect every time as we speak truth and love, there's going to be, it's going to be messy. It's going to be sloppy. Um, yeah. We may, we may, we're going to stumble along the way, but um, I think that, you know, it's always the goal and motivation is I'm going to do this, in a way that is, it may be tough love, but man, it's, it's expressing it and doing it in such a way as I love you enough to say this and to lean into this um, because I value you. Yeah. Yeah. I think speaking truth and love, like it's, you know, can you say the hard things? Can you speak truth and also simultaneously be moving towards that person or that situation um, moving towards relationship there. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Sean, we always end our episodes on a doable, we're, we're doable discipleship. I know this is your first time on the podcast. Uh, so what I think for our doable, for this episode, for this conversation, I want us to read, you know, Find some time this week for those listening to read John chapter 17. Really marinate in it, sit with it, get into, this is Jesus's prayer. This is the father's heart for us. This is where we're going. This is where we're driving. Um, And get comfortable with it. Get familiar with it. Um, We talk a lot about purpose and um, in our lives, but this is a huge purpose in our life. We're, We're to be, the unified body of Christ, as you said, like we are the model. It's coming from us. It starts with us. We're going to show it to the world. And how beautiful would it be for culture and those who are outside of Christ watching and going like, man, not only do they love each other but, or love the idea of each other, but they actually love each other and they move towards each other. And there's something that's tangible between them that 
is not tangible in my relationships. It's not present in, in my sphere. Uh, so I'd say that we're talking about listening. We're talking about conversations. We're talking about moving towards relational growth, growing together, fellowship and unity in the body. Let's sit in John chapter 17 this week before our next episode and really soak in the father's heart for us and purpose for us. Sean, any last words before we wrap? You know, I, I'll, I guess I'll end with this is um, I want to be a person that let, that lets other people know that I'm for them, not against them. Yeah. We want to be people that are for people yeah. and, and with, with, uh, with others. So that's Jesus's heart. That's, that's the father's heart for us is I'm for you. I'm not against you. Yeah. And I want to do the best that I can in my daily choices and my daily engagement with other relationships to let other people know that I am for you. I'm not against you. Even in the tough conversations, even in the tough moments. Um, so I'll, I'll end with that, but Hey, great. Good, good words today, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those listening, Hey, we love you. We're always praying for you and we will be back with you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.